It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy Jay. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball guru, Jay Smoove. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smoove, here we go. NBA Thursday. Got all our results here from NBA Wednesday. A lot of blowouts. A lot of surprising outcomes on Wednesday night, but you and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about some of the games here on Thursday. Uh, we'll take a look here at the Clippers and the Lakers. We'll also go ahead. We'll talk a little bit about the game between the Wizards and the Raptors, and then we'll go ahead. We'll circle around. We'll put a couple minutes in here uh, for Coach of the Year. We'll review some of the you know, most recent odds, and then we'll go ahead. We'll talk about uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, these were topics that you and I had talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, and we just want to go ahead and update everybody, kind of, you know, what our thoughts are and how everything has shaken out uh, over the last week within those markets. Let's go ahead and let's start out here with the Lakers at the Clippers. Smooth. Lakers right now are going to be around, looks like they're going to be plus eight, plus seven and a half here. They're going to be road dogs. Clippers will be uh, a commanding favorite in this one total, uh, somewhere around 211. I'll let you go ahead and give your thoughts out here smooth on this one first. Uh, I have a play. First half Clippers, that's what I like. If I could lay three and a half, four, four and a half, somewhere in that area, I feel pretty good with that wager. But I'll let you go ahead and rip around in that one first. Lakers, Clippers, what are you thinking? I'm back in the, the Clippers, you know, for the game, you know, sitting at minus eight right now. So I would bet it you know, um, pretty early because I like it up to, to eight and a half. Um, and given with the, the low total, open 212 and a half back, you know, coming down to 211. Um, it's going to be, you know, a low scoring game, um, by odds, ma- odds makers prediction. So I just think the Clippers, um, with them getting some players back over their last couple of games with Patrick Beverly and, um, Kawhi Leonard, um, over their last two games, I just think that they're the, obviously they're the deeper team, a little bit more healthier. Um, I do think that getting those guys back, you know, threw off the rhythm that they had over the last two games know when they played the Raptors last but I just think that they have just too much talent and over the course of the game um I expect them to, to wear the Lakers down obviously the news about LeBron missing at least the next two games um and you know this year for the Lakers they've struggled a lot offensively even with LeBron you know in the lineup uh, without Anthony Davis or vice versa and you know last year they was pretty uh pretty good offensively um ranking top 10 or better in offensive rating. And this year, uh, they struggled to stay average. And with those guys out of the lineup, they failed to, you know, bottom 10 or worse or bottom five or worse. And they also going to be without Dennis Schroeder, uh, their starting point guard, who also creates a lot of, you know, creates a lot of offense for himself and for his teammates. And I just think the Clippers, they just out, you know, just outman them at every position. Uh, with LeBron and Schroeder out and, you know, having those guys back healthy for the Clippers now, um, you know, playing, a, you know, playing a couple of games with those guys back in the roster. Um, I just think that, you know, they're getting, you know, a little bit more comfortable. Um, this Laker Clippers rivalry, you know, it always brings out the best in each team and, you know, Lakers coming into this matchup, uh, you know, undermanned. So um, I'm going to go ahead and back, you know, the Clippers, you know, for the game, but I bet it early before it gets up to, you know, eight and a half or, or, or beyond that. You know what I was thinking about, Smooth, as you were talking, and this is something that I've brought up probably a couple of times on our podcast is, you know, does a team have motivation to go ahead and bury you? 
because that was one of the things that kind of caused me a little bit of pause with this particular game. And then as you were talking, I, I had to rethink it. Like, for for example, tomorrow the Warriors are going to play the Thunder. We know the Thunder are terrible. Um, you know, they're, they're just getting thrashed each and every night. But you have to ask yourself, like, the Warriors are, are laying 14 points. Do they have motivation to bury that team? Like, what what's their motivation to bury them? Now, I don't think there is a whole lot. But as you're, you know, as you're talking about the Lakers and Clippers, like, I feel like the Clippers, yeah, they do have motivation to go ahead and beat them and to go ahead and, and put, you know, as good of a, you know, good of a beating on them as possible because they want that to play on the Lakers. You know, they want that to play in the Lakers' mind because, you know, when the playoffs come, they're going to remember, you know, oh, this team crushed us. You know, we, we couldn't do nothing against them. So although I like the Clippers in the first half, I'm kind of starting to, come over to your side now too and thinking that maybe the Clippers for the game is also a good wager so you know maybe I think you can probably make both of those wagers Mackenzie Rivers who we did a a live stream with he was with you he liked the Clippers as well I just think the Lakers are just going to be in a bunch of trouble here with no LeBron uh, I think that is deflating I think maybe the Lakers are looking back and being like you know what man there's a good possibility that we might end up in this playing game and they have a lot of guys that are banged up. I mean, AD's not 100%. Just said LeBron's not going to be there. Uh, Schroeder coming back from injury. Uh, he's probably not 100%. Then you got KCP. Uh, he was banged up. I think Horton Tucker's banged up as well. So they're just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of wounded players right now that clearly are not playing, you know, their best basketball. So my gut feeling is maybe we look at the Clippers for, for the first half. Maybe we do look at the Clippers for for the full game. Based off of all kind of what we just talked about, let's just say the line is, you know, seven and a half, eight, you know, first thing in the morning. You think that line goes up? Like, where do you think that line closes? You think it stays where it's at or what? What do you think happens there? Um, As long as no other players sit out for the Lakers, I could see it getting up to maybe eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I think that – I think you and I have been pretty sharp with – you know, predicting where these lines are going to go. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many podcasts we've done where we looked at the line the next day and uh, the line's gone down. I don't know if you noticed that, but that's one thing that I've noticed. Have you noticed that, that a lot of times when we jump on these teams, you know, over these overnights, and you will get a lot of movement, but it just seems like, you know, sometimes attacking the overnights, at least in the NBA, at least for us, has panned out pretty well. Have you noticed that, though? Like, we generally don't get these line moves wrong. Yeah. Um, also, I was going to bring that up to you with because I used to bet uh, some of these overnights that we would be able to, to be able to get. But at a certain point in time, you know, throughout the night, I don't know if these odds makers or bookmakers are listening to our show, but it'll be off the board and, and couldn't bet it until the morning uh, where when it moved. So, yeah, we like you said, we've been pretty spot on, you know, predicting line movement and, you know, where it's going to go and how much is going to how much is going to move so that's pretty uh pretty sharp stuff on our part and you know getting in front of it before the movement and, and giving it out to the people and it's not uncommon for the sports books to go ahead and do that at least the Vegas sports books that I know um unless you have a, a stations account where you can go ahead and you can plug bets into like what like 3 4 in the morning or something like that but when you have you know overnight markets and stuff like that that are wide open uh with the amount of money that's out there in Las Vegas they do everything they can to go ahead and shut it down and they, you know, let the, let the line kind of go ahead and even out as much as possible, you know, before they open back up and take a bunch of big bets. But yeah, it's tough to get money down overnight 
uh, in a place like Las Vegas. At least, you know, some of these other books like a FanDuel or a DraftKings, um, they'll take a decent-sized bet, but they're not going to take anything too crazy. But, um, you know, it's one of the things that, it's one of the things that Vegas does that I, I particularly don't like is that you can't even make an overnight bet. And then, you know, for guys like us who, you know, we work late, get home late, sit down, look at all the stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, you're all excited to go ahead and make a bet. And then it's like, oh, you know, you can't you can't get a bet down because it, it got too late at night. Where at least on the East Coast, you could at least get, you know, get some money down. And you feel pretty good. It's like, you know, you don't feel like you're getting robbed for, you know, making good bets. And that's. You know, one of the reasons why I stopped betting offshore smooth is that you go in there to make a bet and it's not even listed. Like the game's not listed. It's like, why is that game not listed? Why is that game not listed? It's like, come on, man. Like every game or <clears throat> player prop that seems to have value, uh, a lot of those offshore books, they won't put them up until the, the absolute, you know, value is just sucked completely out of them, which is just annoying. But that's, you know, that's part of the racket. Why don't we go ahead and talk about Russ? Talk about the Wizards tomorrow. They're going to go ahead and they're going to play the Raptors. Uh, line on this one right now. Uh, FanDuel does have a lineup right now. They have the Wizards at plus one and a half. So the Raptors will be uh, a home favorite in this one. I'm not necessarily sure how you feel about the game here, Smooth. Right now, the Wizards, they're three games ahead of the Raptors. Raptors are sitting currently right now a half game in front of the Bulls. So uh, the Raptors are in the 11th seed. They need to win. But they only have, like, what, five, six games left. It's not going to be easy. But I feel like if the Wizards win this one, well, then they're going to put enough distance from them at the 10 and the Wizards or the the uh, Raptors at the 11 that there's just probably no way that the Raptors, you know, will be able to catch up. My gut feeling says this is going to be – this is going to be one of those games where the line is going to may, may be important. I have a feeling it might tick up maybe a little bit that the Raptors might actually get some sharp money here. I think the public betters might actually go ahead and jump on the Wizards. But you and I were talking a little bit about Westbrook and a particular wager, you know, that we like um, tomorrow where we're, we're going to look for his rebounds to go over. And, you know, the Raptors, you have stats on that. But uh, the Raptors, they're not a good rebounding team whatsoever. And uh, they're not a good team that scores in the paint. And if we feel like, you know, West is, or Russ is going out there to prove a point. You know, he wants that triple-double record. And he's going out there. He's, he's getting his points. Uh, but he's really getting his assists. He's really getting his rebounds. And I feel like tomorrow that with everything that we looked at before we jumped on this podcast, like rebounds has to be uh, where we look for Westbrook. So um, why don't you talk about him a little bit, maybe talk about some of those triple – Triple double odds because you were giving them out, you know, minus 150, 160, 170. And they seem to be almost, I don't want to say unbettable, but, you know, we, we've kind of, you know, you were way ahead of that market and that market has just moved so much. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about Russ, talk a little bit about the Wizards Raptors tomorrow? Yeah, I just love uh, watching him play. As a lot of people know, that's been, you know, either listening to the show or following me on Twitter or just, you know, friends in general that know me. Um, you know, you know, they know he's my favorite player, you know, him, Kobe and Jordan and just watching him uh, play and, and healthy. Um, you know, like we've talked before, there's just not or like he said, also, there's just not a lot of players that can go out and do what he does. And, you know, people should start appreciating him more, um, you know, casual fans or, you know, basketball junkies or media people. 
uh, should start appreciating them more than what they do because you're not going to see another player like him um, again with, you know, how hard he plays and, you know, his well-rounded skill set, you know, to score the ball, assist the ball, and rebound the ball at such a high level and only being, you know, a 6'3", 6'4", you know, 200-pound guard um, is unheard of. You know, right now he's six in the league in uh, rebounding, you know, at 11 a game. And, you know, he gets in the paint, you know, and he mixes it up with guys, you know, bigger um, and uh, perceivably stronger than him. But, you know, he just has the will to always be around the basketball, and that's a skill that you just can't teach. But, yeah, like you said, we've been on this uh, triple-double, these triple-double odds of, I want to say maybe about going back to a month, month and a half when they were still pretty reasonable to bet. And, you know, with him being, you know, two away to tie and three to uh, take over the lead as the triple-double king for his month, most triple-doubles in a career passing Oscar Robertson, you know, having six games left to get it done, you know, I think he gets that done. Um, but the odds to bet it right now for a, a triple-double a game, um, kind of unreasonable to play right now. So we're lately we've been looking at, you know, points, rebounds, assists, you know, uh, totals, uh, totals. And, you know, that went over again tonight um, as well as the night before. So, um, those are more reasonable odds to play and maybe looking at, uh, points and assist combinations, but, um, I don't know if you gave it out yet. Maybe jumping the gun a little bit, but, uh, we both like, uh, a player prop tomorrow with his total rebounds, um, uh, playing that over and I'll let you get more into detail into that. But, you know, one of the reasons why I like that prop for tomorrow is because it is a Wizards third game in four nights on the second end of a back to back. So some tired legs and short jumpers could take place on their end. And with the Raptors, um, they're just not as as good as they've been, you know, in the past. And they have one of the fifth fifth worst and sixth worst, you know, offense and defensive rebounding percentages. So uh, I think they're going to be a lot of opportunities for him to, you know, for for both teams to grab a lot of rebounds. And with, with Westbrook, you know, so close to, you know, making more history, uh, shoot, this could be another night to where you're getting, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 rebounds. And that total prop, you know, the last few games has been somewhere around, you know, 11, 11 and a half. So if it's anywhere around there again, so I would look to play that, you know, play that over, you know, uh, 11 and a half total rebound. You know, one of the cool things about Russ is that if you go through and you look game by game, you know, when he gets like 14 or more rebounds, uh, they they haven't lost a game in like the last month when he grabs 14 rebounds. And one of the things that I noticed with Russ, at least just, you know, over recent, is that when he's scoring like 20 points or more, uh, the Wizards have lost the, like their last three games. And he c- comes right back and it's like, all right, man, I, I'm not going to worry about scoring. I'm going to, you know, help my team in the rebounding and, and assisting department. So I feel like he'll excel there tomorrow. But I think with the fact that the, that the Raptors are just that poor inside, uh, they can't rebound, they can't score in the paint, that the real wager to probably make tomorrow is going to be Westbrook, you know, over his rebound. So I feel really comfortable with that. I feel confident with that. You know, the triple-double one, you know, you're laying what smooth, like minus, you know, 200, 210, 220. It's kind of – it's one of those things like why would we want to lay that where if he misses one, then we're in trouble. But 
you know, I, I feel super comfortable uh, with the rebounds tomorrow. I think I think there's a good chance. My gut feeling says he's going to go for like another 20 rebound game because, you know, the other night when he had what? What do you have? 21 assists or 24 rebounds or something crazy like that it was like like that was just that was impressive. And I feel like he's going to try to do that here again. And uh, he's going to try to help his team any way possible, you know, to go ahead and win. You know, one of my favorite players, you know, I, I would probably say he was my favorite player, you know, to watch was Iverson. And, uh, you know, he's been comparing uh, a lot of people in the media have been comparing, you know, Iverson to Russ, things like that. I think that there, that's just something that certain players are born with. You know, they're born with heart and they're born to go out there and do their job every day. Like if I think if, if Westbrook wasn't a, a basketball player, that dude would be a workaholic and he would be a professional at any job that he did just because his heart is always into it. He's always going to give 100 percent. Uh, you know, with with whatever he loves. And I always felt that about Iverson, that he went out there and he played the game, you know, at 100% every time. Um, he always put his heart into it. He's one of the hardest working players on the floor. You no, know, it's you're not going to find many guys that are going to sacrifice their bodies, um, you know, to go ahead and to get injured at times. And that was something that Iverson always did that I always liked. And, and I feel like, you know, Russ is kind of like that player um, as well. And he's going to go down as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But statistically, um, there's going to be things that he does or, or has done or, or will continue to do that, you know, that no other player in the league is going to be able to accomplish because the last player I remember before Russ that played like him was a guy like Iverson. And you don't get guys like that, you know, that play with heart and have that talent. So, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just kind of the way that I think about it. Like, I think that there are going to be numbers that Westbrook uh, does achieve in his career that'll be etched in stone that, you know, will never come down. And and he deserves that, you know, because he plays the game the way he does with the amount of heart that he does. And I think that that's something that I think that's one of the reasons why he plays like that is because he knows that hard work always pays off. And, and you know, he's going to have, you know, that statue. He's going to have those those records that remain in the record books, you know, just forever. So um, I'll let you go ahead and wrap up on that answer. You can answer those in any way you want, and then we'll go we'll talk about uh, some of these coach of the year and uh, rookie of the year stuff. Yeah, just adding a little bit more on to, you know, Westbrook. Like I've been watching them, you know, going back to, you know, sophomore year back to UCLA and just uh, I just remember seeing them for the first time. And, you know, obviously the athleticism and the motor jumps out to you. Cause he was so explosive in that uh, that final four run that UCLA had with him and, Kemba, and him and Kevin Love, but um, not a lot, not enough is talked about the growth of his game. Um, back then, he really wasn't um, a traditional point guard as, as far as like uh, the lead guard that gets the team in offense and you know dictates tempo and things like that. A little bit of point guard talk, but you know throughout his career and getting into the NBA. You know, it's a uh, he learned a lot of that stuff on the fly, you know, in the toughest league to do it. And, um, you know, Scott Brooks said a few a few days ago that he's a second best point guard of all time. Um, that's high praise. Um, I agree that he's top five, but, you know, to say top three, um, I think you got to think about guys that accomplished a little bit more as far as leading a team to, you know, a championship and, and winning it. 
you know, Westbrook's been to a championship, um, but hasn't won one yet. So I put somebody like Curry, you know, maybe two ahead of him, uh, and Isaiah Thomas, you know, three ahead of him. But I definitely think he's in that top five, and you know, his his career isn't done. You know, who's to say that he can't win a championship? You know, uh, with the way that this Washington Wizards team, with what he's been able to do, you know, if they continue to improve the roster around them. You know, him and Bill are arguably, you know, the best backcourt in the league. And, you know, a piece here, a piece there. You know, why not? You know, that's his motto. Uh, but, yeah, this guy's just amazing. You know, he's, you know, so much fun to watch. And uh, I think he, he just needs to start getting, you know, appreciated a little bit more, you know, before he's before he hangs him up. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the rest of his career plays out. But, uh I'm definitely making that wager tomorrow. Russell Westbrook over his rebounds. Uh, let's talk about two of the things that you and I talked about here uh, over the last couple of weeks on our podcast. Let's just jump right into uh, an easy one here. Rookie of the year. Now, you and I, Smooth, we gave this out twice, um, you know, in, in during basketball season. And you and I uh, both agree, LaMelo Ball, rookie of the year. We gave that out. You know, they were right around minus like 200, 280. Somewhere where we felt like we still could go ahead and make that particular wager. And uh, right now, uh, since the last time we gave that out was, which what, maybe like 10 days ago, 14 days ago, somewhere around there. Uh, we gave that out. It was like minus 280, and now he's up to like minus 700. So uh, it seems like a pretty much a done deal now that LaMelo Ball uh, is going to end up probably winning the rookie of the year. And Anthony Edwards was, you know, he was a close second. He came up with a monster game tonight. But, um, you know, if you, I, I personally think like, you know, the 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 state of the, of the NBA over the next couple of years, um, that there are some really good basketball players that we that you know that we can build around, at least you know as as the NBA. But like you got Luca out there, you got Jai, you got you know Edwards as a kid coming up, you got Lamelo. Um, there's a lot of good players, Zion. So I think the NBA is going to be in a really good state, you know, over the next couple of years. So. Uh, you could talk about that. You could talk about, you know, if you think LaMelo will win it. But, um, you know, Edward, what Edwards is doing is impressive, especially for a team that, you know, hasn't had a whole lot. They have really nothing to play for. But it's nice to see that kid go out and, and play his rear end off because, you know, we need players like that, you know, in the league to go in and keep it healthy and keep it, you know, keep those younger guys, you know, kind of looking up to guys. I think he's going to be uh, pretty good for the league. What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, you know these two guys, you know these two young young guys, uh, just just watching them and seeing what they're doing right now, such a young age, you know, I think the league is in good hands, you know, with these guys and you know some other young guys that you mentioned like Luca and Jason Tatum, uh, Trey Young and some of those guys like that. But um, I just pulled up, you know, some info on my phone, like how how far this goes back, you know, when we, you know, we're on LaMelo for rookie of the year, I have a ticket at plus 400. So, you know, right now him at minus 700, I mean, there's no such thing as a lock, but, you know, that's the closest thing you'll get to it. Um, so, yeah, you know, like you said, Edwards, you know, has come on strong, you know, lately, especially in the second half of the season, you know, after the all-star break and, you know, having a big game tonight, you know, I really love, you know, their young core that they have in Minnesota with him emerging. I think it's a little bit uh, too late, you know, to, to get that rookie of the year for him. But, you know, moving forward, I think it's good for him and good for Minnesota that they hit on the pick, 
you know, like him, you know, their last number one pick, Andrew Wiggins, you know, pretty talented in his own right, but just not as not as consistent as they hoped to hoped him to be, uh, you know, sent him to Golden State, but um, a term that you know uh, our, us former players or current players like to use is uh, you know having a lot of dog in you, and just watching Edwards play, seeing how physical he is and how relentless he is at attacking the basket, you can tell that he has a lot of a lot of dog in him. So, yeah, Minnesota has a good one. In, in him and uh, with that number one pick, but Lamelo Ball, I think that's you know definitely his to lose, and he's he's even missed some time, you know, just recently coming back, you know, from a from a broken wrist, and he's played well, you know, in the games that he's been back. Uh, I think this game, uh, the last game he had against the Pistons, he went for twenty three points, six assists, and seven rebounds, and shot the ball pretty well, so. Um, it's it's pretty impressive to see you know these young guys coming into the league and having the type of impact that they're having you know especially with them being able to put up some some solid numbers as rookies but then also being able to pack their team you know uh, winning games especially when it comes to to Lamelo you know with the Hornets. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you know Lamelo could do when it comes you know playing time because they're more than likely they're going to end up in the playing game so. See if we can go ahead and elevate his team. Let's talk about NBA Coach of the Year for a minute here. This was something that you and I had talked about uh, not too long ago. We went ahead. We gave out Doc Rivers uh, to go ahead and win Coach of the Year. Now, we had decent odds at the time. We had 15-1. to 1, But recently, Doc's Rivers' odds have actually dropped down here. Uh, you could get him now at 25-1. to 1. And one of our main reasons for going ahead and kind of backing Doc, you know, we had talked through that for, you know, we talked for about an hour, you know, offline. And we felt like if Philly ended up, you know, winning the East, they ended up being the number one seed, um, that, that there was a really good shot that we can go ahead and probably cash that ticket. I still think that the, it's worth a bet, even at 25 to 1, to go ahead and throw a little, a little bit of pizza money on there. But recently, you know, the odds kind of have flipped. Quinn Snyder, when we had talks move, he was the favorite. He was right around minus 135. Monty Williams was second. And Thibodeau. Uh, he was tied there with Doc, I think, as well. Uh, it was either eleven to one or fifteen to one, but those guys were, had both had the same odds. But everything's kind of shifted now. The, now Monty Williams is the favorite at minus one forty. Thibodeau is now second at plus one fifty, and Quinn Snyder has dropped down to plus two fifty. So I'm not sure, you know, who you think right now is probably coach of the year. I still feel like we had a really good case for Doc, so. I don't think that that case is going to change, but what do you think right now about Williams, Thibodeau, or Snyder? My gut feeling is that if Phoenix ended up with, you know, the number one seed, you know, out of the West, that there was no way that, that Monty Williams wasn't going to get it. But currently right now they sit one game behind the Jazz. So I'm not sure what you think about all that or, or what your thoughts are. Have anything changed, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks? Yes, yeah, uh, pretty crazy because the last time we gave – Gave out Doc Rivers at you know eleven to one for Coach of the Year. Seems like as soon as we got done with that with that episode, uh, you know the the Sixers went on a little bit of a tailspin and losses, uh, and guys sitting out um, either you know sick or doing you know dealing with injuries from their top three guys in Embiid or Ben Simmons or or Tobias Harris, and um, his eyes kind of slipped a little bit. Um, but, you know, you're talking about Monty Williams. So I would lean towards him, um, you know, taking, you know, coach of the year at the odds, 
uh, at their what they're currently at right now. And just for the simple fact that you know Phoenix has a legitimate shot to finish with the number one seed out west. And at the time, um, you know, when we did give out, you know, Doc Rivers, that story, even though it was a possibility, um, it didn't really too much uh, emerge quite yet. But over these, you know, last couple of weeks or so, with the run that the Suns have been on, you know, leading up to tonight, and, you know, just the, the narrative around the Suns and Monty Williams, of, you know, being able to have a shot at winning the number one seed out West. And even though he might not get it, you know, deserving some votes for MVP, Chris Paul, um, you know, emerging, you know, emerging in that award as well. I think that, um, you know, just just learning a little bit from the NFL draft, once we've seen, you know, the, the late steam come in on the 49ers taking Trey Lance, you know, shout out to McKenzie for that pick. Um, I think that's something where you can kind of take a, you know, take that in consideration when it comes to this coach of the year award, you know, the late steam coming in on, you know, Monty Williams and even, you know, a little bit on Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, like you said, if Phoenix emerges and wins that, you know, number one seed out West, then, you know, I think, I think that he will end up getting it. You know, one of the things I think that a lot of people probably forget and it's important is, you know, there's a timeline when it comes to, you know, just media in general and when stories become big and when, you know, a lot of the narrative is, is, you know, put in front of the public's eye. And right now, you know, with the NFL draft over, well, I mean, nobody's really talking about baseball. Nobody's talking about football yet in general, you know, unless it has something to do with, you know, Aaron Rodgers right now or, or Tom Brady or something like that. But the NBA is going to be the focus. And one of the things I actually heard, I don't know if it was today or if it was yesterday, I don't know who made the, I don't know. Oh, actually, I think it was, I think it was Max Kellerman actually had talked about, you know, Westbrook, not Westbrook, uh, Chris Paul and what he's done, you know, for all the teams that he went to and talked about how this particular team improved. And although Paul probably is not going to get the MVP, uh, right now his odds are at 100 to 1, I think you could put a couple bucks down on him. Like, I don't see any reason why you don't put, you know, five or 10 bucks down on him. And just say, hey, you know what? Here's a couple bucks. I'll put it on there. If he wins it, you know, it's five hundred or it's a dime, whatever. But here's here's my 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 thinking smooth is that like over the next two weeks, it's going to be you know this particular story. Well, I don't think there's really anything coming out of Utah that's that's going to be super duper newsworthy. Um, we know Jokic is probably going to end up getting the MVP right now. He's minus a thousand, and it doesn't seem like really anybody's making any real noise. Uh, right now, at least in the Eastern Conference, uh, Milwaukee, you know, they beat up on the Nets twice or whatever the case might be. But I feel like Phoenix is going to be a story because of the MVP thing is going to get a lot of talk. And everybody's talking about, like, Chris Paul, like, you know, why is he not getting more respect? Here's what he's done. And you and I, we talked about the Jazz and we talked about Quinn Snyder. Uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to get coach of the year? What's Gobert going to do? Is he going to get defensive player of the year? What's Clarkson going to do? Is is he going to get, you know, six man of the year? And it was like, well, are they going to give all these awards to the same team? And I feel like the Suns, if you're not going to give it to Chris Paul right now, MVP, it's like, well, you have to give the Suns something. Like they like for what they did and what they were last year to now Chris Paul joins his team. Now you're a number two or you might end up being a number one seed. Like 
there I don't I can't recall a team that was I don't want to say that bad, but a team that wasn't in the playoffs at all and then they turned out to be like one of the best teams in the league. Like somebody has to get something and if it's not Chris Paul getting the MVP, then my gut feeling is Monte Williams probably is going to end up getting coach of the year because if you slight you know, both of those guys for coming in there doing what they did and look, they're, you know, new pieces. So I don't know, man. I, I, I would say maybe you throw a couple bucks on Monty Williams. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is a really great story, but I don't think the Knicks are going to get enough run, um, you know, within the markets and, and within, you know, the press. I have a feeling that Monty Williams is going to be talked about uh, quite a bit probably over the next couple of weeks. So um, I think he's certainly worth a bet. Quinn Snyder, I, I honestly would not bet him for Coach Deer. I don't think there there's any value really in that. But um, that'll wrap up that. I guess we'll we'll circle back around smooth, and we'll probably end up talking about uh, you know, who gets that when when the time comes. But that'll wrap up the pod, guys. And we wanted to go ahead and cut this to about a half hour, but got our picks there for tomorrow. Smooth, he's gonna go ahead and play the Clippers for the full game. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play the Clippers for the first half, and I'll go ahead. I'll follow smooth on his full game pick. Uh, with the Clippers as well. He talked me right into that. Mackenzie Rivers is also uh, on the Clippers for the full game as well. Then it's Move and I. We're going to go ahead. It looks like we're both going to go ahead and play Russell Westbrook uh, over his rebounds tomorrow. We figure that'll be lined somewhere around 11, 11 and a half, even 12 maybe. My gut feeling is he goes for like 14 or he, he really goes out and tries to get like 20. So that's just my gut feeling. I'm going to bet him over. I might actually alternate bet him. Uh, like over like 16 rebounds, see if I can get like plus 300. I just have a feeling he's going to have a big rebounding day uh, tomorrow. But that'll wrap it up, guys. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to find Smooth at Smooth underscore 702. And if you guys have not found out yet, the Betting Predators now has their premium package up for just 99 cents. You guys can get the rest of the remaining regular season, which we still got, you know, we still got about, what, two weeks left. And then uh, if you guys want to go ahead and pick up the playoff package, you guys can do that as well all over there at thebettingpredators.com. As always, we uh, we certainly appreciate uh, your support and you guys reaching out and, and being cool. So that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Thursday. Enjoy the games. <laughs>